So come on you vixens, big game ahead. Welcome to episode 23 of the Bristol City Vixen Cast, a podcast all about Bristol City women who currently play in the FA Barclays FAWSL. My name is DM Withers. I'm Nat Brown. And I'm Shahan Mir. Thank you to those who, who've listened to our last episode and gave feedback, uh, especially to Since 71, uh, in regards to my Taylor Swift reference and tagging Taylor Swift herself in their in their tweet. Uh, I was hoping that she would have shared this to her 88 million followers and then we could have got a few more listeners for this episode but in case you ha- uh, for those of you who are new anyway don't forget to rate review and follow us uh, we're on twitter and instagram on, at bc fixing cast and we're also on facebook as well so this is our first episode back after the international break and during this time uh ourselves at Bristol City Vixen Cast, as well as the wider football community and the worldwide community were mourning the loss of Bristol City against Brighton in the Women's FA Cup on the 18th of April. Unfortunately, the uh, game was not scheduled to be broadcast anywhere. I made myself busy as the DM <laughs> and that. So, um, and until we found out that during the, the game itself, that Brighton and Hove Albion were actually streaming the game live on their YouTube channel, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the game at all because I was busy watching an excellent Grand Prix in the Formula One. Uh, DM, you said you watched the second half. Um, we did. Like said, it, it, was, it was just a... Oh, yeah, and you as well, Nat, sorry. Um, mm. um, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 was, it was a 1-0 result uh, with a infamous Inessa Kagman penalty, which uh, seemed to be awarded on the 64th minute after it appeared to be seen that Naomi Lazer was handling the ball. Now, I've seen the highlights since then, and on Brighton's YouTube, cha- YouTube channel, they've actually zoomed in and replayed that clip. And I still couldn't tell if it was a handball or not. Yeah, I thought it was really soft. Yeah, um, was I was happening. just like, what? What is going on? You know, it was really confusing. We had absolutely no idea what was going on. It was only like a one camera angle stream anyway. So we had absolutely no chance of knowing. But uh, it's interesting to know that on replays as well, it just looks just as vague. But it was kind of one of the ones where all the players look really baffled too. Even the Brighton ones, they were like, oh, all right then. Yeah, we'll we'll take that. Yeah, Yeah, thanks Thanks for the penalty. Great. Yeah, Uh, I don't remember anyone really appealing. It just kind of came out of nothing, didn't it? It did. It was a bit... Yeah, it was a bit rubbish. I mean, I thought we played quite well in places in that in that match, and obviously Ebony Salmon hit the post, didn't she, in the first half? I mean, I'm not wasn't massively bothered about us going out of the FA Cup, but the best thing about that match, um, for me anyway, but you didn't like it, Nat, was the fact that that stream didn't have any commentary on it. Oh, so God. I was practicing um, doing commentary uh, of the game, and I am really bad at it. Oh, so. It was it was hell on earth. Honestly, it's it's interesting you, you you say that because when I watched the highlights on Brighton's YouTube channel, there was a commentator there. So I don't know whether the commentary was added post match or whether he was just speaking to himself and didn't know that he wasn't going to be heard. <laughs> yeah, it's um, who knows, but yeah, that was for me that was the best thing about the match. But actually, I thought Naomi Lazer was really good. Yeah, she, she was. She was playing such... further forward as well. Yeah, she? that's what you were saying she was playing in that she was playing in that kind of um he quite often plays a very defensive player often a defender in front of the back four and she seemed to be doing that it was hard to tell actually where she was playing but she was definitely 
get in on the ball quite a bit and she was in the um she was in the Brighton box a few times and actually she looked really good uh she's obviously a really good player so hopefully we'll keep hold of her because uh yeah I think I she's got so. a bright future I would say so very mm. good only uh, 17 years old now and uh but looks incredibly composed on mm. the pitch very good uh, and the final uh thing I just wanted to say was um, I saw the post-match interview Matt Beard did where he said it was an even game for, for both teams up until that, that Brighton penalty. But- yeah, it was. We're just taking uh, sips of tea. Sorry. <laughs> but it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I just muted myself uh, while I was <laughs> sipping my cup of tea because uh, before we started recording, uh, myself and DM, we did say we were going to ha- make ourselves cups of tea. Uh, actually, Nat, have you got a cup of tea as well? I got a cup of tea. Yes, yeah, in a lovely, lovely red mug. Really uh, love this mug. Very fun. I mean, I've got a red Bristol City mug. You certainly badge. have. DM's the um, kind of classy one with a Cameron McIntosh. Yeah, um, Cameron. McIntosh. Not Cameron McIntosh. Oh no! Sloshing <laughs> tea all over the place. tea all over the over the table now. Top tip: Don't <laughs> look at the bottom of the mug to find out who uh, painted it. So Renny McIntosh. <laughs> Who's Cameron um, um He does the uh, Les Miserables. Got <laughs> 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 that wrong. And other <laughs> musical hits. Although our, our drinks are justified, uh, as we're about to, dis- to discuss following the result of today's game. Um, we probably, well, I definitely would have had a stronger drink depending if the result went differently. However, let us now inform our listeners <laughs> as to the main reason why we are having these particularly strong teas right now. Going into this match, Bristol um, were bottom of the table with the tantalising opportunity to leapfrog Aston Villa if we won in the uh, in the game in Warsaw. I'm trying to remember the name of the stadium. I can't remember it. What's, it, what's the name of the stadium? Um, Warsaw Stadium. Well, first of all, I had to make sure it was Warsaw, brackets, not Poland. So it was Warsaw in the West Midlands because I always, I always get the two confused. And the stadium is, uh, it's traditionally called the Bank Stadium, but for sponsorship purposes, it's the Best God Stadium. There we go. So a, a tantalising opportunity to, to get three points today and leapfrog Aston Villa, but that didn't happen. And Bristol City drew 2-2 thanks to a last minute equaliser from the maestro Ella Mastrantonio. Um, yeah, how are we all feeling um, in terms of our own internal um, organs and just general kind of gut life? Well, considering that, um, well, as we're about to discuss that the game looked pretty much dead and buried uh, from a Bristol City perspective. Um, and also the fact that had Villa kept their lead, they could have potentially moved up to ninth in the table. Uh, of course, because... Uh, because as we are recording this on Saturday, the 24th of April, our fixture is a day ahead of the usual WSL fixtures on the Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm feeling uh, relieved. I, I, I do feel Bristol City left it a little too late, but at least it was nice to see some players to have the fight because I, I don't think every player on the pitch did in my opinion, but mm. I'll go more into that um, mm. throughout. And um, the WSO survival battle is not over yet. No, no, quite. And Nat, how are you feeling? Um, you did quite a lot of shouting today, so um, I'm feeling a bit nervous. Mm. <laughs> I was going to... Um, I tried to tone it down. I go, it oh, was no, I was, shout- I was shouting a lot in the I first 20 minutes. It scares the dog a bit. It does scare the dog. And I, I yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I had a man I was, in the garden for I'm the sorry. final goal, so we heard. I was just going to mention something about the squad. Uh, it was the same starting eleven from the game against Brighton, which mm. included Megan Sargent, who made her return in the Brighton game. And thus, this was her first WSL game of the season. Uh, Izzy Cook and Maisie Cullis were dropped from, from the bench. Ellen Jones returned to the bench, as did Laura Rafferty, who was unavailable to play against her parent club in the FA Cup. I mentioned there Megan Sargent, uh, who unfortunately made a bit of an impact on the third minute uh, in the game as... So we back, they say, rebounded off Sergeant to make it 1-0 to Villa after three minutes. That was grim, wasn't it? It was really grim. And actually, I didn't see that because that was when the doorbell rang and we had a delivery. Um, so we had a couple of fruit trees turn fruit, up. Um, at that precise moment. So I went and answered the door. And when I came back, it was 1-0 and it was a Megan Sargent own goal. So I was just, yeah, obviously, that's terrible. Yeah, a bit of a talking point. Um, starting Meg Sargent, obviously um, Megan Sargent, Meg Sargent. It's a bit informal. <laughs> it was a bit informal, wasn't it? Maybe um, Mego. Um, just because Gemma Evans and Kira Skeels have been such a cohesive central defence pairing, haven't they, Nat? I think, regardless of who you are, even if you're Megan Sargent, who's a really, really brilliant centre half, I think you probably shouldn't be starting anyone other than Skeels and Evans in that pairing I don't yes. yeah I don't because skills was starting because skills was starting as well but she was positioned elsewhere I believe as, as a right back it looked like um so yeah I mean I, I just think at the moment that partnership is one that's worked really brilliantly whenever we've played really well those two have played amazingly together they seem to have a really good relationship um so yeah I think Megan Sargent's wonderful and i I'm not saying this because of the own goal or anything. I just don't think anyone, you know, let's say Jazz Matthews was fit. I don't think she should come in and replace either of those two players. I think those two should be starting together and where possible our back four with Perfield and um, Flo Allen. I do actually think that's the best back four we've played all year. And if Flo Allen can't play, I think Faye Bryson should probably play in that position. I do think that's our best back four and we look better as a four, you know, the time we played as a five, didn't work that that back four is is actually pretty good um and a solid base and they obviously work well with Bagley to kind of you know we have conceded some goals but when we've looked good it's been that back four so I I wouldn't have played Megan Sargent at the moment in replace of Kira Skills I think it's amazing that we've got loads of players that can play in that position but I wouldn't have changed Skills and Evans at all it was it was a really bad start to the game, wasn't it? It wasn't good. In fact, I had a dream midweek that we would be 2-0 down within the first 20 minutes, which wasn't quite right. But um, at the point when I woke up, we were still 2-0 down. Um, so uh, so my premonition proved correct uh, as we, we did go 2-0 down. But yeah. I just thought we just I just thought we didn't look <sighs> I'd actually, to be honest, I thought Villa were really good in the first half. It wasn't that we weren't good. They were good. They were really good at pressing us high. They didn't let us have any rhythm, get into any rhythm. Um, I just I just thought they, they looked good and they were effective in their game plan. What do you how do you, what do you think was responsible for that deficit? Um, well, I, I think maybe I think the team I've had, you know, had more intense training or like a kick up the metaphorical backside after that draw against West Ham, which was described by from what I've seen by others in the football community as not so much of a classic. Um 
Uh, yeah, and I, I agree with you, DM. I, I think Villa, you know, I think based on what I saw today, that out of the two teams that were playing today, I have a feeling that Villa showed more fight and more purpose. Like they, I'm not saying that Bristol City didn't have a go. I'm just saying Villa had, they wanted more. Um, and yeah, um, of course you mentioned about the 20 minutes, you know, being 2-0 down. Of course, that wasn't until the 34th minute when Natalie Haig uh, scored a header after a diagonal cross. Um, thing before that, you know, I think there was a few like hectic, rough challenges. Like, um, of course, I I I I made some notes saying uh, Yana Daniels got fouled uh, again, um, especially in the twenty second minute by Fred Gregory, um, and yeah, I think both teams had some equal attempts. Like Chloe Arthur, victim disguise, she uh, managed to have her shot go over the bar on the twenty ninth minute. Salmon uh, had a great run, literally like a minute later, and curved wide, but I think it just went right past Lisa Rice. Rice? I don't know if that's but Rice, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, she didn't have to worry about uh, catching that because it, it was way beyond her reach. And so um, on the, just before halftime, Charlie Wennens had what looked like a bicycle kick, but she <laughs> sat down and then went up in the air and the camera didn't tilt up but it did tilt town because of the where it is in the stadium. And it just, when it landed back down to earth, it, it just hit the top of the crossbar. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing. And if that had gone in, that would have been just, I mean, it would have made up for, you know, having an own goal against you, wouldn't it? Because it was just, it was amazing. It was brilliant. It was so audacious. And uh, yeah, it was just ridiculous. I was clearly mishit. Uh, and I, yeah, I was willing it in. But not, it was not to be. It was a bad first half from us. We didn't mm. play well at all and they played very well. But I was hoping that Matt Beard would have made some changes at half time because I really thought we needed to have some fresh legs on at half time, just a different approach because it just wasn't working, was it? No, you're right, yeah. I'm surprised there was no half time subs. Um I just sorry, there was something I forgot to mention quickly from the first half. Um on the twenty first minute when Gemma Perfield had that corner. And rather than kick it to anyone in the box, she mm. just kicked it, you know, just pass it forward. I don't know who she was trying to get, but it got intercepted by um, a Villa player and, th- and they were able to run down to like uh, the, other, the other half. And I thought one earth was perfectly trying to do there. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I was quite despairing at that as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just felt like, yeah, we just, we didn't keep the ball very well, even in really obvious moments like that so you know that should be a time when you definitely either if you're going to play it shorter it has to go to your player or if you play it more speculatively and put it in the box for anyone at least that's you know going to put them under pressure it just did neither of those things and I felt like we did that way too often we didn't put them under any pressure and we didn't kind of you know even if yeah, even if during open play you're struggling to put a team under pressure, if you have a free kick or a corner, you have to make it count. And we just, yeah, the fact that it just kind of dribbled slowly to one of their players' feet, it was it was pretty awful uh, and was symptomatic. Yeah, um, and there was no midfield, there was no, no intensity, no co- coherence in the midfield. Again, I wonder if you know, having, bringing Megan Sargent in just like disrupted the balance a bit in terms of, I don't know, but they've, they've been training all week. So I can't, you know, it's not Megan Sargent's fault, but it's just, um, it just, we just didn't look very good. And 
Um, in fact, I thought, you know, Villa, we, ma- we made Villa look like an amazing football team for 45 minutes. They, they looked really top class. But in the second half, around the 60th minute in the game, certainly when Master Antonio came on, I started thinking, oh, you know, you know, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of purchase here, a little bit of movement. It looked like we were starting to grip into the earth beneath our feet on that football pitch. Yes, you mentioned about the sub. Uh, the, uh, that particular sub when Mash Antonio came on for Amy Palmer was Amy Palmer an example of a player who didn't stand out but then again I couldn't notice anything bad either yeah so. she just didn't it was it was a very toned down kind of game from from Palmer I think yeah like you said if um for us to do really well like we need people to we need to people to stand out don't we for the right reasons and mm-hmm. when when our team doesn't have anyone that stands out then then we we just don't look very good at all I think uh, yeah our team is is a group of good enough players that have to play really really well in order to make an impact in this league and anytime that they're just not at the races we just can't do anything so that's just kind of what happened today everybody just looked all right you know we gave the ball away a bit we kept the ball a bit we did this then we did that it was just a bit it we played average and we're not a team that can get away with average we just can't do it um yeah so we either have to be totally totally 100% and more otherwise there's no chance we get anything Yep, I completely agree with you, with you there. That, um, in fact, um, I had some, some there was someone who uh, I was messaging with during the game, and they said that uh, to use an example from them, they said that they felt like Carla Humphrey wasn't keeping up with Molly Pike in terms of pace. I don't think she played that badly today, Carla Humphrey. In fact, I don't think anyone played. As I say, they just didn't play very good. But I thought they played better when. The substitutions were made, but it was too late. For me, I would have brought on Harrison at halftime playing in that Charlie Wellings role because just Charlie Wellings was just a bit ineffective and just didn't look like she was at the races. And you've got somebody in Abby Harrison who's always chomping at the bit, isn't she? To just, she'll always give 110%. It might be that she's injured or something. That's the reason why she can't play. I don't know. Again, Ella Mastrantonio just came in and she just took control. When everybody else is losing their heads, you've got somebody who's got a calm, calm mind and can... Um, spread the ball around and who's also got you know a bit of fight and niggle and is is quite prepared to you know bash people about as well and get in people's faces you know and you saw that today it was really really good and it was you know I'm delighted she got that that mm. equalizer in the 95th minute but the one who obviously the player who made the biggest impact is the wonderful Faye Bryson who just scored an absolute worldie I couldn't believe it when that went in Actually, I know I didn't realize she was on the pitch because I didn't see because the commentator didn't announce it um properly so I didn't even realize she was playing and they're like Faye Bryson scored I was like did she <laughs> this is the thing uh because of the camera footage and there have been no replays uh so when Mash, Mash Antonio came on as a sub the camera was focusing on uh Nat Haig who was again assistant from the physio and so that sub happened off camera and on the 72nd minute Again, when Faye Bryson and Abby Harrison came on for Megan Sargent and Charlie Wentz, respectively, the camera was on uh, uh, Hales, again, uh, who was down and being seen no. by the bit of uh, physio. So, yep, yeah, I um, I think I heard like the PA announcer talk about it, but yeah, the commentator, I think, was mainly just referring to 
what he was seeing on on the camera at the time. And yeah, literally, as you're saying, DM, like Bryson literally comes out of nowhere, scores that worldie into the, the top corner. And I ha- and of course, me being the match day admin on, on the VixenCast Twitter, which our, our listeners can follow on at twitter.com forward slash BC VixenCast. Uh, I had to find the goal, uh, the goal gift because it's been a while since we've shared that. <laughs> and... Yeah, of course, we were back into the game after the 73rd minute. Um, Villa made only one sub, as far as I could tell, with uh, Hayes coming off uh, for Ramona Petersberger. Petersberger? I think I got Petersberger. But on the 75th minute. And then, yeah, there wasn't much else to say up until the 89th minute when Carla Humphrey came off for Laura Rafferty. And then it was, um, then the commentator said something there about being a a change in formation with there being a front four. I don't know yeah. who the four was meant to be, but what sat Salmon Harrison uh I don't Washington. know. Yeah. <laughs> Daniels that, going forward. Yeah, right? Daniels, yeah. Yeah, and like but, what what position was Daniels played in today? Again, it was just it was all a bit lost, wasn't it? it was, I don't think the midfield kind of had their best, most cohesive performance today. Yeah, it didn't and work. Iwibuchi was just running the show. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been her, to be honest. If mm. you know, she's really, really good, isn't she? She might have just messed them up. Yeah, and um, and of course, uh, when it was announced, there was six minutes at a time. I thought, wow. I'm, I, I thought like, there's no way. You know, I mean, we've seen it all before throughout the history of football. You know, <laughs> a last minute to come back, but yeah, that was enough time for. Um, of course, in the 94th minute, when Salmon got fouled. Which led to a Mash and Tony free kick, and I couldn't even tell if it went in because the camera angle was so far away. I thought someone else passed it in, but no, literally, <laughs> the media and like Twitter and social media and the company all, all called it for Mash Antonio. Yeah, and as far as I can recall, I think today's games was I think today's game was the first time both Bryson and Mash Antonio have scored. Yeah, not just this season, but for Bristol City overall yeah. in the WSL. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's their first goal, and it was it was brilliant. It was just my heart was beating so much when you know they were standing over that free free kick, and I was just like, oh please, 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 because um, I I just lost hope when we were two 0 down. I definitely lost hope, and I was like, well, we're definitely going down now, and that's 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 okay. Um, I'm I'm already planning you know, psychologically preparing myself for relegation because, you know, that's the kind of thing you have to do. Um, I mean, it's, I, I think, um, well, it's a, it'll be a big change. The, the implications of it would be huge. Um, but obviously we don't have to talk about that yet because we're not yet relegated um, and we might not be. Who knows? We'll find out after the next two games. But yeah, great effort. But I think too little, too late. I think we were... They, we, those those substitutions should have been made ten minutes earlier, if not at half time. If you look at how the game changed, because they just like Aston Villa, like they they sort of unravelled a bit. It was a difficult game to watch, actually. It was emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, if 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 we're looking at the stats um, from the BBC Sport website, uh, Aston Villa only had forty seven percent possession compared to Bristol City's fifty three percent. Aston Villa had twelve shots with five on target. Bristol City had 11 shots with five on target. Uh, Aston Villa had eight corners compared to Bristol City's four. And Aston Villa, 15 fouls compared to Bristol City's 10. And looking at the table, because of Aston Villa conceding at the last minute, they're now still on 11th with 12 points. 
and Bristol City are still bottom, also with 12 points. However, Aston Villa do have a rescheduled game this coming Wednesday against Birmingham, who are also playing tomorrow, as do West Ham, who are playing on Wednesday against Arsenal. And of course, um, both Birmingham are playing... Reading tomorrow and West Ham are playing Everton tomorrow. So what happened? What will happen tomorrow and Wednesday? Again, we'll sh- we'll shape the table up quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, for sure, and we'll probably know know a lot more. I mean, what it comes down to is we've got to, if we are to stay in the league, we basically have to beat Man United and Brighton. Um, you know, realistically, or or get a point, get get a point from one and win the other, and. Yeah, I don't know how realistic that is. Um, um, I mean, both West Ham and Birmingham are on 13 points. But again, Birmingham um, and West Ham have played two games less than Bristol City, whereas Villa have only played one game less. Yeah, the big match on against Birmingham on Wednesday night. And we'll, we'll see what happens there and whether or not Birmingham managed to do us a favour. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's up to us though, isn't it? We've got... If, if we're going to do it, we've got to win. Now we are going to hear from Chris Kavanagh, who is an Aston Villa fan, um, who is giving us his thoughts on the game. Hi guys, it's uh, Chris Kavanagh from the um, Aston Villa Women's Supporters Club. Wow, Ooh, and breathe. After say, I'm absolutely gutted. We couldn't hold on for the three points of the death today, but I suppose that's football at the end of the day. If anything, it did prove that um, it's probably why we should never ever take relegation out the, um, the English game. You only had to look today to see what it meant to both sets of players and everybody involved. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous that we're even contemplating it. But I suppose that's, uh, that's football at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so it's still a battle. It's going to be Interesting to see who's going to avoid the uh, the relegation spot with only a couple of games each left. But uh, I'm not sure the nerves can take any more games like today, but I, su- I suppose it is what it is. But um, on behalf of um, everybody from the uh, the Villa Women's Supporters Club, we'd just like to wish Bristol well for the last few games and um, hopefully we can both stay up and uh, prosper us again uh, next year. All right, cheers, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. And now it's time for our regular overview of the news. Yes, thank you for, for that DM. As we're coming out of the international break, we might as well talk about uh, our City women players who featured on international duty, uh, starting off with uh, Gemma Evans for Wales, who played um, the, the full 90 minutes in both matches in the 3-0 loss against Canada and the 1-1 draw against Denmark. Um, uh, Ella Antonio um, was the unused substitute in the Matildas 5-2 defeat uh, to Germany uh, and which was also Australia's first international fixture since March 2020 and uh, however she did come on as a sub on the 79th minute in the 5-0 loss against the Netherlands uh, and according to um, I think on social media it was her first Matildas call up in over 10 years, I believe, or at least since her debut anyway. Uh, so congrats to Ella on, on that occasion. Of course, I think that experience, you know, she had the instinct, which she carried in today. 
So that was wonderful. We've just seen uh, the post-match interview uh, which we, uh, that she's done, which we've shared on our VixenCast Twitter account, uh, if you haven't seen that already. And the final piece of international news was um, for Northern Ireland, uh, featuring Laura Rafferty, who uh, made her first international appearance in, the, in two years after we introduced as a sub in the first leg of the playoff against Ukraine in, when Northern Ireland won 2-1. And then in the second leg, uh, Rafferty was named in the starting lineup and wound to make history, beating Ukraine 2 0 and thus qualifying for, um, and thus Northern Ireland qualifying for the 2022 European Championships. So, congrats to Laura Rafferty and to the rest of the Northern Ireland squad for making history. Hopefully, by the time of the Euros next in 2022, she'll still be a Bristol City player. DM and that, did you see any of those? games involving the city women players yeah we watched many of them we could, we didn't watch any of the australian games uh, i'm not sure if they were being shown anywhere in britain but we watched the parts of the welsh and northern irish games because they were clashing a little bit they were playing at the same time um i particularly enjoyed the second northern ireland game uh, because they had a a goal very late on which made it very very clear that they were going to qualify and it was a lovely wonderful moment and it was nice to see rachel Furness uh yelling and crying she was injured she was injured. but i do admire her as a player yes oh yeah she's great yeah super mm. and it's um yeah i just yeah it was a really it was a night it was it was inspiring it was a great moment for football i mean i'm i'm glad both of you had great nights watching those those games because i was watching both england games on the friday and tuesday night and literally england couldn't do it on the cold tuesday night in stoke yeah we decided to not to not watch because it was terrible well we watched a bit of the first one i really enjoyed france um yeah. and because i've i've i'm quarter french by birth so um i always feel a bit like vive la france when yeah. uh, you know my my grandfather was french so um i always feel a bit french so i feel torn loyalties um towards uh, whenever, whenever I watch France, but I thought they were great, even though it's like apparently their sec- second string team. Um, they look so much better than England. Oh, who was that great player? Um, Sandy Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Baltimore. Sure. Baltimore. Do you think City should sign her next season? If Absolutely. They can? Yeah, 100%. I'm sure she wants to come. Yeah. <laughs> and in the last episode, I complained about the fact of the lack of Sophie Bagley and Ebony Salmon being called up for the England squad, but haven't seen both games. I'm, I'm probably thinking. Might be the but the dodge for them, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on in England, but one thing I did think after watching Gemma Evans play in those international matches is just you know, Team GB they are looking for a centre back, aren't they? So, um, I think there's a, a really good Welsh centre back who, who they could give a call to, but probably won't just because I mean, Hegarisa, if you're listening, um. I, I hope you are. Um, yeah, of course, Jenna Evans <laughs> I'm sure is available. She is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, she's been she's been super. So, mm-hmm. yeah, international football, good, and good for Northern Ireland, and uh, and also that, that Jess Fishlock goal was pretty amazing. I'm not sure if you saw that the equaliser against Canada. It was superb. It was. I did hear about that DM. Yes, that was a great goal that she scored, and fortunately, she's now gone back to. Um, Oro Rain in in North America, in the United States, so we we won't see her again in the WSL for now, anyway. But I'm sure she'll be back. She'll be back. Doing she'll some, be playing until she's like 45. I'm sure doing some punditry as well, maybe. Yeah, but she's going going to have a macchiato, macchiato. in uh, in Seattle. I hope. Good on her. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so that wraps up our international news. Um, 
DM and I, do you think our listeners should hear about more City Women news? <laughs> I think absolutely. There's always more news from Shahan, isn't there? Yes. Y- yep, there is. Uh, and um, so I'll start off with the, we talked about in our last episode of Flo Adams' election campaign to be on the PFA Players Board. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, uh, the results were released this week and unfortunately, well, but congrats, congratulations as well to uh, Steph Horton and Danielle Carter for being elected the WSL representatives. Uh, Flo fought a really popular and hard campaign, but um, unfortunately, I think that campaign just fell short to Steph's and Danielle's mm-hmm. campaigns. And of course, the two of them have been in the WSL for much longer than Flo and Katie Zellin put together. Some other piece of uh, Bristol Sea news, uh, which affects Bristol Sea women in a way, is um, first of all, it was announced this week that after much rumor, after many rumors circulating around, the CEO of Bristol City FC, Mark Ashton, is to leave the organization at the end of May to join Ipswich Town uh, following their takeover there. The reason why we talk about this here on the Vixen Cast is because Mark Ashton is also the chair of the Bristol Sea Women Board. However, he has not made as many public statements about City Women as he has compared to Bristol City Men. I believe in an interview he did with Gregor McGregor from Bristol Live in January, he did talk about the club, um, Bristol City Women, having more investment than before, but no figures were announced. We're not sure what impact this will have in regards to the future of the City, uh, City Women, in regards to like, the structure and investment and so on, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um and the final piece of news is earlier in the week, uh, Bristol City women had a training session at the new Robbins High Performance Center. Because uh, we talked about this in the last episode, we weren't sure what, if or when the city women were going to move. But luckily, uh, city women had had the day to themselves for the training session. And it was nice to see, I don't know if DM and I, if you saw this photo or video, but you saw Mad Beard chatting to Nigel Pearson, the Bristol City manager, uh, who just happened to be there they were both talking um i hope this wasn't a one-off just for the media and i hope this is in the transition towards a more permanent move um i yeah. mean because i'm pretty sure stoke gifford is a fine facility but yeah the high performance center looks up a lot nicer anything you want to add to that dm well it's just you know given everything that's happened with birmingham city women and over the past you know few weeks and the the revelations there with their team and Obviously, you know, the need for integration and supposedly having a one club ethos, it would be ideal if the women, city women could train in the high performance centre that's just been built. And it looks like there is a place for them. Obviously, we don't know yet at the Vixen cast if it is a more permanent thing or if it is just a, you know, a temporary day trip. It was good marketing. So let's wait and see and see it'll be interesting to have it confirmed whether or not they will play um they will train at the high performance center in the future fingers crossed that wraps up all the city women news so we've got two games left before the end of the season we're still at the bottom of the league we're it's very tight we've got man united at home and then we've got brighton away are we going to do it like are we going to not get relegated nat we're not going to get relegated because Why? we're going to get enough points to stay up. That's the concept. Okay. You're still confident? Uh, it's not confidence. No, I just thought um, if I say it, even saying it could even make it happen. So. 
just saying it could even make it happen that's the lyric isn't it yeah for sure it's gone all quiet there um i don't know i re- i don't know i don't know i don't really i think today was a must win and then we didn't win so but it's still mathematically possible whilst it's still mathematically possible there's a chance but we should have tried to beat villa today and in the first half we didn't mm. so um a bit gutted about that really and then we lost to Brighton the other day and now we've got to play them. Yeah, it's difficult, it's, but it's possible. I don't think we're going to get relegated. I think Villa are going to have an absolute howler in the next couple of games and, uh, and then we'll win. Okay, Shahan, <laughs> what do you think? Um, well, I think in, in regards to the next two games, um, of course, Man U, um, of course, they're playing Tottenham tomorrow, Sunday the 25th of April. Um, as we record this, uh, I think yeah, there was a news that they've, they've got a couple of players out of this, out for the season or the rest of the season. Like I think it was Tobin Heath, she's been ruled out for the rest of the season because of an injury and has had to go back to the United States. Or an American-based player, it might be Tobin Heath or Chris and Press. So I do apologise to any Man United fans for me not knowing which player it is that it uh, got injured. Um, but. Yeah, and Brighton, I think that was just unlucky. Um, again, as now we we're saying when we played them last week, um, I think the fact that we failed to beat Villa today, and of course that was a must-win game, and we we we've been saying teams like that have been the must-win game, must been have been must-win games, and yeah, we didn't really beat them in in previous instances. You know, like we can obviously we lost the four 0 to Twan Park, although we did beat them in the Conley Cup core final, but. Yeah, I'm as a true fan, you know, I want to believe and you know, I still want to keep the faith and I'll still, you know, follow the team and I'll still be watching to an extent, but uh um yeah, I, I'm losing confidence. I, I I I do worry that City will not be able to survive and stay up in the WSL. And I know it's happened before a few years ago, but but of course the women's game has changed so much since then. I'm starting to lose faith a little bit, but I do, I do, I, I do believe the players, you know, will obviously give that all in training, but and obviously show it on the pitch in nine minutes. But it's, it's up to them. They've, they've, they've got to mm. prove the badge, you know. They got to do it for the fans and do it for the supporters and mm. do it for the careers. Hopefully, I, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's difficult. I just think it's been too little, too late. The changes that were made the season, it was too. It's too late. There should have been, you know, there should have been a change at the top uh, much earlier, and it's mm-hmm. and it's costing us. I'm I'm preparing, as I say, I am preparing for relegation. Like I'm emotionally preparing, and also just thinking. Well, actually, do you know what? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we did get relegated, because I I actually I would be happy not to play Chelsea next season, and I I hate it. I hate playing Chelsea and Arsenal and all those other other teams, but. Anyway, let's leave the postmortem for when we actually need to have a proper postmortem. <laughs> um, yep, hopefully definitely. we won't. Let's keep fighting until it's mathematically impossible. Um, I'm still keeping my hopes up, but I, there is also a part of me that is preparing for like the the reality, and I think you know quite drastic reality of of relegation for what it will mean for the club and the implications for the for the squad. It would be a big change. So. Let's leave it there for today and uh, roll the credits, Shahan. You have been listening to episode 23 of the Bristol Sea Vixen cast. The music was by Annie Gardner. The editor and producer was DM Withers. Uh, the article was by Shahan Mir. 
and the woman who tried to break away to form the European super fixing <laughs> cast was Nat Brown. <laughs> we have forgiven you, Nat. Yes, yeah, thwarted, thwarted in my attempt. <laughs> oh, pure greed, aren't I? You know me. <laughs> Very good. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And yet. And keep supporting women's football and come on, you reds. Yeah. <laughs> come on, you reds. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life.